Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. February 10th, 2021. Legacy media's leaky bucket. When will investors care? While we understand investor excitement over streaming subscriber growth, especially with Netflix at a $250 billion market cap generating positive free cash flow, along with an accelerating shift of advertising dollars to connected TV from linear TV, albeit off a small base, legacy media stocks that have to balance old and new business models are unlikely to be the optimal long-term investments to create value from these two secular trends. Cord cutting forcing legacy media to lean into streaming. There is no longer any doubt or even debate amongst investors that linear TV is collapsing. With the multi-channel video bundle headed to at best 50 million subscribers from the upper 70s today, and the subscriber floor could drop meaningfully lower if sports start to be dislodged from the bundle. With the most compelling entertainment content outside of sports and news now flowing to streaming services first versus linear TV, the only surprise is that total MVPD, VMVPD subscriptions are not falling even faster. With Comcast indicating that they could lose upwards of 1.8 million video subscribers in 2021, and the VMVPDs all having meaningfully increased price year over year, it appears likely that industry sub-losses, cord cutting, will re-accelerate in 2021 with upwards of 5 to 6 million homes likely to leave the pay TV ecosystem. Translates into a 7% drop in subs compared to the current 5% rate. Worse yet, as MVPD, VMVPD subs shrink, the quality of content will inevitably suffer and lead to even less reasons to subscribe, implying it only gets worse from here. With legacy media companies now all leaning into direct-to-consumer streaming, investors have shifted their focus to D2C subgrowth. Yet it's worth considering that for Netflix to get to sustainable free cash flow, they needed over 200 million subscribers globally who spent over $11 per month with $17.5 billion of cash spend on programming in 2021, over $2 billion of annual technology spend, and more than $2.5 billion of annual marketing spend. There is no dabbling in streaming, and it's a scale game that requires massive investment to attain success. As Disney is quickly learning, as they doubled their plan annual spending on programming by 2024, just 12 months after Disney Plus's launch, and Warner Media with their bold decision to move their entire 2021 movie slate to day and date on HBO Max. When will sub-obsession end? Oddly, investors thus far completely ignored the TAM of each service, the long-term potential ARPU, and most importantly, how profitable the services could ultimately be. The singular investor focus appears to be subs, subs, and subs, irrespective of ARPU, discounting, churn, etc. Even stranger, investors are completely ignoring how the increasingly aggressive industry shift into D2C streaming, both SVOD and AVOD fast, is negatively impacting each company's legacy businesses. When taken together, these companies do not have a bright future. While all high-profile programming shifting to streaming and more and more catalog being made available on streaming via SVOD or free SVOD fast offerings, why does a consumer even bother to turn on linear TV outside of sports and news? And when they do turn on linear TV, they are hit with a nonstop barrage of promotion to go to streaming, as we saw from Paramount Plus during this past weekend Super Bowl, 
on CBS and for Discovery via nonstop on-screen chirons, as shown embedded to the right. Linear TV pushing consumers to streaming not only serves to fuel cord cutting, it accelerates the shift of advertising dollars away from linear TV. Some of the shifting ad dollars will clearly be captured by legacy media streaming apps, given robust advertiser demand to reach connected TVs. However, with YouTube by far the dominant connected TV ad platform, legacy media's connected TV advertising market share will decline dramatically as they leave the linear TV walled garden, and the pressure goes well beyond YouTube with Roku, Twitch, etc. The streaming headwinds grow every single year. Netflix, Amazon, and Apple TV Plus are purely focused on building streaming services without having to worry about compensating for falling legacy revenues and profits and or accelerating the collapse of legacy business lines. Whereas legacy media companies all have to think about building streaming while managing the decline of their legacy businesses with the growing hole in their legacy businesses compounding every year. While we do not believe the MVPD VMVPD bundle is disappearing anytime soon, it is clearly shrinking at an accelerating rate. In turn, to simply maintain current revenues, legacy media companies need streaming services to replace the lost broadcast and cable network revenue as cord cutting accelerates. Replacing profitability, let alone driving growth, is even harder than revenues given the substantial costs of building a streaming platform that has not yet attained scale. Think original programming spend, shifting to internal licensing versus third-party licensing, marketing spend to acquire and maintain subs, and substantial technology investment to create a compelling user experience on an endless array of devices, in addition to ad tech investments for platforms that offer ad-based services. Whereas the legacy MVPD VMVPD business model was essentially wholesaling content into highly profitable programming bundles. Given how much consumers want to stream, their growing comfort with connected TV apps, exclusive original programming, high-profile catalog content shifts to streaming, and meaningful discounting, half off Paramount Plus if you prepay year one, or 30% off Discovery Plus for Valentine's Day, and or the bundling, such as Verizon Discovery or AT&T HBO Max, we have no doubt that new and recent streaming services should all be able to add 5 to 6 million subscribers in 2021 domestically, if not more. That may be enough to continue short-term investor enthusiasm for the entire sector. However, the far more important question is can they continue to add 5 to 6 million subs per year, let alone 7 to 8 million per year, if cord cutting accelerates as linear TV reduces content spend to manage profitability? It gets even worse, though, as profitability-wise, programmers need to add far more streaming subscribers than they are losing from the legacy bundle, given the aggressive streaming discounting and the aforementioned high costs of launching streaming when you have not yet attained scale. Consider the following. Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus. Disney Plus has done an incredible job scaling subscribers and is dramatically ramping programming spend to drive gross ads, reduce churn, and drive ARPU higher. First price increase is set for March 2021. The incredible array of content detailed at Disney's recent analyst day makes it easy to believe Disney Plus could grow meaningfully from the low to mid 30 million subscriber range today domestically at significantly higher ARPU. Hulu's future is complicated by Comcast continue ownership, which will hopefully be resolved shortly. 
But with over 40 million subscribers, there's a clear path for the future of ABC beyond the MVPD, VMVPD bundle, not to mention the launch of Star to take to effectively take Hulu global. On the other hand, ESPN is incredibly challenged shifting to streaming. While ESPN Plus has reached 10 million subs, the effect of ARPU is only $4.50, and it's very hard to imagine how it could ever grow to 35 million subscribers with its current programming strategy. Remember, MVPD, VMVPD, ESPN subscribers generate over $10 per sub per month across the suite of ESPN networks, with advertising revenue on top of that. While shifting ESPN linear programming to ESPN Plus increases the ESPN Plus TAM, the retail price would have to rise dramatically, which will reduce subscriber interest in subscribing for an entire year, if at all. How many ESPN viewers would pay $25 per month for the entire year to get ESPN with most of the content national versus local or regional? Unlike Disney Plus and Hulu, we believe this math equation that can, this is a math equation that cannot be solved by streaming. HBO Max and Turner. To kick off 2021, we stated our belief that HBO Max will reach 50 million subs by year-end 2021, up about 9 million from year-end 2020. That is amazing for HBO, which peaked at 37 million subs prior to the HBO Max launch. But can HBO Max grow subs in ARPU meaningfully enough to offset the coming headwinds facing Turner? Turner itself is a $12 billion revenue business. Warner Media would likely need to permanently move to all movies day and date on HBO Max beyond 2021 and invest substantially more in original content, especially given how high their relative price point is today. We believe that is the right approach, but there is certainly risk. Discovery Plus. Just launched earlier this year, with the help of Verizon offering a first year free for its unlimited plan subscribers, in addition to a recent 30% off discounting for subscribers that sign up for 6 to 12 months versus month to month. In turn, we believe Discovery Plus could add 6 million subs domestically in year one. Worth remembering, Discovery only generates $7 per sub per month from advertising and sub fees combined from its domestic cable network business today, as shown in their Investor Day slide embedded to the right. Putting Discovery in the best relative position to recapture lost linear revenues through D2C streaming. While the aforementioned discounting and bundling likely makes replacing lost revenue more challenging in year one, let alone lost profits, the far bigger challenge is can Discovery grow to 25 million subscribers domestically over the next several years as cord cutting continues. To reach those levels domestically, Discovery Plus likely needs far greater diversity of programming, and it might even require a merger with other programmers to broaden the consumer content proposition. Paramount Plus is starting, probably starting with around 10 million CBS All Access subscribers. Viacom CBS has previously reported subscribers inclusive of Showtime's D2C subs. With exclusive original programming such as Camp Coral, SpongeBob spinoff from Nickelodeon, a deeper movie catalog, and an array of exclusive original programming that goes far beyond what is on CBS All Access today, Paramount Plus should be able to add 5 or 6 million subscribers in year one. In part, simply adding breadth of content should reduce their well-known churn challenges. But here again, can they grow from 10 million subs total today to 35 million in four years? That sounds far more difficult to imagine without far greater spending on programming. Peacock is paying $185 million for exclusive WWE Network programming. See Brandon Lightshed's Brandon Ross's analysis here. In hopes of quickly shifting 
over 1.1 million paying subs to Peacock Premium, albeit a meaningful percentage of those 1.1 million subs will get Peacock Premium for free, thanks to being a Cox or Comcast subscriber. With a broad array of, a, of content on Peacock versus WWE Network, the 1.1 million subs might be able to grow to 2 million or even more. Add in the benefit of delayed original programming from last year and a Summer Olympics, assuming it happens, and there's no doubt Peacock Premium can add 5 to 6 million subs this year. However, with a heavy focus on Peacock Free, relatively limited original programming spend, and no desire to use Peacock Premium for day-and-date movies, it is hard to see how paying subs can scale to 25-plus million over the next four years. The bucket is even leakier overseas. Now think beyond the U.S. to the global challenge facing legacy media as they shift to vertically integrated D2C streaming offerings. While overseas cable networks generally have far lower affiliate fees and advertising revenues than their U.S. peers, meaning less revenue to replace streaming, legacy media has been aggressively licensing content at high margins all around the world. Replacing lost revenues will require streaming services with substantial scale and ARPU. Yet with most legacy media companies creating minimal amounts of local regional original content, that is a key driver of subscribers in international markets, as Netflix and Amazon clearly understand, and just beginning to quote-unquote learn D2C in the U.S., scaling globally presents an even greater challenge that is not fully appreciated by investors today.